Well, good Monday morning. Welcome to Connect. I'm Dustin Hobbs with the California MBA. Welcome to our weekly podcast to featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shapers in the mortgage industry. We've got a great guest today. I'm really excited to get into uh, the conversation with him and find out uh, uh, where he thinks the industry is at tech-wise and some other topics and uh, kind of a, a look ahead in the future. And uh, we'll get into that in just a second. But before we do that, let's thank our sponsors over at Incelerate. Accelerate is the leading mortgage lead management CRM and engagement platform that helps lenders close more loans by increasing efficiency gains across sales, marketing, operations, and management. And they just uh, earlier this year announced the first of its kind mobile app. The groundbreaking mobile app features full lead management, lead distribution, click to call, inbound call routing, first call automation, and two-way compliant text messaging, and provides access to critical loan information without having to use a laptop or log into your LOS system. It also empowers loan officers by intelligently distributing leads, managing pipelines, prioritizing their day, automating best practices, and personalizing the borrower's journey all from the mobile app. So for more information or to catch a demo, visit Incelerate.com or you can call the number listed in the description below. So this week, I want to mention that uh, we've just announced and released information, uh, or at least sponsorship information for upcoming Mortgage Innovators Conference in uh, 2021. It's going to be a 100% virtual event again this year due to state and local uh, COVID restriction, health restrictions. Uh, we're going to be holding it again uh, virtual this coming year. But we've got a great lineup already we're working on. We've got a great uh, um, some surprises in store for you. Um, the conference is going to be May 4th and 5th uh, next year. And you can already uh, sign up to sponsor right now. We've got a great sponsor already. Incelerate is going to be our virtual conference sponsor. So thanks to Incelerate for that. And uh, you can join them and sponsor the conference now. You can go to the conference website, or you can actually reach out directly to Jennifer Roth, our conference manager, for further details. And her email is just jennifer at cmba.com. And we hope to see you again next year at the Mortgage Innovators Conference. Now, let's uh, get into the main event here. I'm excited to welcome in Brent Chandler. Brent is the founder and CEO of Form Free. Brent, welcome. Thank you, Dustin. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you on. I know that you've been a big uh, sponsor and supporter of our uh, Mortgage Innovators Conference over the last couple of years, and we've got to know you a little bit, and you've got a, definitely a unique uh, uh, vantage point, unique product there, so I'm really excited to sort of get your perspective and your thoughts on where we're at. So, But let's start at the beginning, though. Let's let's start uh, at uh, your background. Why don't you tell us you know, sort of who you are, how you got started in the industry, how uh, you know, maybe what problem that you saw that uh, caused you to uh, launch the company? Sure. Thank you. Again, Brent Chandler. I uh, founded Form Free about 12 years ago and really on the premise that there was an opportunity to understand borrowers at a more cognitive level, um, understanding me in terms of my financial identity was something that was somewhat missing, I felt. In, in the beginning of, of my borrowing uh, experience. So my background, I started uh, at an early age, uh, a shout out to the veterans, but I started my career uh, as a Marine uh, in the United States Marine Corps and served six years. Love, love that opportunity, love being a Marine and salute uh, all those veterans that are, have, have given their service to this country. So just wanna put that out there. Um, you know, and my career just kind of went from from that form of service into understanding technology and how it applied to various applications, consumer related, trading, 
black box algorithmic and uh, ultimately led me to the opportunity of identifying a gap, a big hole in, in the lending experience and sinking all the experience that I've had building different types of exchanges with companies like Merrill Lynch or uh, Fiserv uh, and bringing that to the, the lending space is really the genesis of, of how I got here. The last 12 years is another part of the journey, but we'll talk more about that. And uh, yeah, thanks, Brent. And I think you make a good point there. And, you know, obviously that uh, last week was uh, Veterans Day. And I want to thank you for your service personally, Brent. Thank you. Um, you and all the other veterans out there that are, are watching this and that are in the mortgage industry in, in particular. And so on that note, I'm curious what your thoughts are on how the industry can do a better job of bringing in veterans into the lending community, both maybe as, an, as employees and as uh, borrowers. Well, look, I think it's a great question and it's, an, it's a great effort that we need to all focus on in terms of helping these vets. What can we do? What can we do in, in lending and what can we do in potentially hiring these folks? Um, we've embarked on some areas where we can help facilitate and uh, create better efficiencies in the underwriting process uh, in programs that will help provide homes, home loans to, to vets. Um, on the flip side, you know, we're always looking to hire great people. And I can tell you from experience, you know, vets have, uh, have a dedication to a cause that uh, regardless of what that cause is, unpar is unparalleled. So keep that in mind as you hire folks. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Great point. So this year obviously has been a, uh, just at least a challenging year for everyone in the industry, um, uh, whether it's the uh, pandemic that we're still in the midst of or the, uh, you know, the, the unprecedented, it seems like, uh, refi boom that we're still in the midst of. You know, what has the year been like for you and uh, Form Free? What, you know, maybe lessons have you guys learned and, and how have you navigated the ups and downs? Yeah, no, uh, wow. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we've always understood that, that change is the only constant in life. Um, so we should embrace it and learn how to embrace it. But these have been challenging times on many, many levels. And I think, I think the first word that comes to my mind when you ask a question like that is gratitude. Uh, first and foremost, we are grateful to be uh, in a position to offer services that have really taken hold and, and helped and helped the community, it's helped an industry, and it helps borrowers. Um, when we offer automation in a, in, a, in a world where we're learning that we can't necessarily interact the same ways that we have in the past, um, you know, we're forced to look at technology as, as kind of the equalizer or, or even an enabler for, for, for doing business that we would otherwise do in person. So on that stage, you know, quantum leap. I mean, COVID has introduced uh, and forced, forced folks to get comfortable in areas that might've taken a little more time. So on that front, you know, Form Free has accelerated uh, its adoption curve for, for utilizing technology to do otherwise manual mundane paper processes. So that's a good thing. Um, the other thing is, you know, I think that the the industry had to had to kind of look at how we're doing things in a more efficient manual uh, uh, automated way, uh, because, like I said, the the traditional means just just can't facilitate uh, the process anymore due to COVID. Um, and so, what we what what that's helped us do is 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 really spend time um, looking at how we can create those efficiencies 
Yeah. Well, and so, you know, I'm curious just from a, you know, a company perspective, how have you guys maintained the, uh, you know, company culture when, you know, everyone is working remotely and, and uh, you know, you've got that sort of a, a disintegration in, in the sense of, uh, uh, or disbursement maybe of employees. How do you keep it, how do you keep the glue together? Yeah, well, I'll be the first to tell you that uh, I am human and uh, it has impacted me. Um, there's no question that um, being alone um, and, and look, honoring, honoring what we need to do to help the cause uh, in any way possible, um, being isolated and alone has had its, I've had my moments where it's got the best of me and it's been challenging. Um, but on the flip side, what I will say is as an optimist and someone who has a, a program of living, and looking at, at um, the bright side of things, um, you know, it's my job really to energize our teams and to create uh, environments such that we are we are here for each other. Uh, even if we can't be in person, um, we're going to utilize technology teams. We're all doing you know the team meetings and, and spending a lot of time together on the phone. Um, and in those rare events where we can get together in a social distance and in a safe environment, um, we're, we're going to try to make that effort as well. But I will tell you that um, it's really just a learning experience and we all have to be here for each other and, and ensure that, that we are sensitive to that, you know, this is challenging on so many different levels, whether you're raising children and you're homeschooling, you're working from home. Um, the isolation component, all those things come into play. And so we have to have a really big open mind about, you know, the struggles that other folks are going through and, and reach across the, you know, just, just make sure we're, we're there for each other. Yeah, no, I agree. My, my four kids would certainly uh, attest to the fact that it's been a, uh, a different and uh, challenging year at times when dad's had to uh, close and lock the door to the office so he can actually work and, and uh, not be interrupted. And then there are times when Interruptions just happen. Life happens. So it's been a challenging year. So, you know, to that point, what challenge, what changes do you see that we've uh, gone through this year? And whether that's, you know, at a company level or an in, at an industry level, what changes do you see that have been maybe caused or, or uh, accelerated by COVID that are permanent at this point? Yeah, uh, I think it's a great question. And, and the answers are numerous. Um, the, uh, you know, the industry is going through a change. There's no question has been for some time. Um, it's just really been accelerated. Towards the end of an evolutionary period, we will see that consolidation, acceleration, and finalization, uh, optimally, of, of the new industry that's going to forge through the, uh, you know, the new, the new founding um, ways that we're going to do things, so, or forging of ways we're going to do things. Um, so what I, what I see is, 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 like I said earlier, is this acceleration to adopting technology um, uh, sooner than we normally would. And um, by that, I simply mean, you know, if we think about, if we think about form freeze applications, tip of sphere, um, we think of things at the consumer level. We really try to understand that consumer, which is the common denominator in every loan that they're gonna do. It's me, it's my financial identity. So understanding that information at the tip of the spear, um, 
So what does that introduce? That introduces immutable data. That introduces blockchain. That introduces top tokens. And we're talking about, um, you know, a new way of, of transferring information and understanding transparency of risk in ways that we haven't thought about before. And, the, you know, in COVID, again, with this acceleration and this move to, look, we've got to look at this. We're being forced to look at new ways to do processes that we, you know, were built in the 1980s and were paper laden, right? So when somebody introduces these new concepts and ideas, well, now there's, there's an immediate reaction. Whereas what I can tell you from my past experience is there was latency of three to five years, right? I mean, you've got to go through the, gest the gestation process to, for folks to sort of, you know, wrap their minds around it. Mm -mm, not anymore. Now it's, you know, this forced change is, is good in ways to truly create better efficiencies. And, you know, I'm just going to say, I mean, take us into the future. Like, it's going to be different. Yeah. Well, and even looking at the, I mean, you mentioned the the borrower there. I mean, let's look at the borrower journey for a second here. What, you know, gaps do you see right now in either technology or that uh, user or customer experience uh, right now? And what can lenders do to sort of close that gap? Yeah. Like I said, um, you know, we, we see, we see this, this, this relationship between a borrower and a lender as the critical path to a loan, okay? And these, these two people don't necessarily know each other uh, and may never get to meet each other. And so, but in order for this lender to be able to provide information to the, uh, a loan to this borrower, this borrower needs to provide information to this lender. So that relationship is really the crux and the gap to my, you know, in my estimation, of where systems get bogged down. I mean, providing that information in a seamless user experience as simple as possible, uh, now that that's the future. That's the gap, that's the automation that, that we seek to fill and provide to the consumers, which facilitates better data to the lenders, which ultimately gives greater purchase certainty to the investors. And I have ways to do that, which I'd love to tell you, but uh, I, I just think that's the gap. I mean, I look at these great companies with, you know, that, that have been on your show or in this conference who are providing phenomenal, phenomenal um, technology and advancements in underwriting, in title, in appraisal, uh, in all of these areas. And as this story comes together, you know, the bundling of all of these services in an automated, call it a blockchain environment, you know, you're going to see a future where you can literally put up your face and get it and, and validate who you are, get your financial identity, pass that to a counterparty lender, um, bank, what have you, predominantly a, an IMB, um, and ultimately be able to underwrite instantaneously, reduce costs, and provide a service, not just to those that you know, have, a, have a big FICO, but to anyone, the underbanked, the, the forgotten you know, 50 million who are invisible. You know, data tells a story about your financial identity, much like your DNA in your blood type. Right. So 
that's a, ma a major gap. And that is 110% where Form Free focuses. Yeah, well, why don't you get into that some more? How does, how does Form Free sort of close that gap in that uh, specific instance? Sure. Um, you know, I think about things in, in, um, in different ways. And when I came upon the idea of uh, a Form Free, it was really a reflection of my own experience. And the idea that hit me was that everybody, everybody borrows money at some point in their life. And everyone has an ability to pay some amount. Now, what that amount is, is contingent on their data. It's contingent on their assets. It's contingent on their income, on their employment. Okay. It's, in, it's contingent on how they spend their money. So, so credit comes into play. Any type of liens and judgments, any type of information that's related to that borrower specifically is quantifiable, calculatable, and we can ultimately determine by looking at cash flows, expenses, residual and discretionary income, and what you can afford. And so that idea. Everybody borrows money at some point in their life. Everybody has an ability to pay some amount. It's our job to quantify, calculate, verify, certify, and report on that. Boom, that's our charter, that's form. So, you know, what we have enabled, what we have, so at that moment, what I saw was a, I don't know if you can see this, but it's a little prop that I brought to, to illustrate my story. That's, that's an acorn. And um, at this time of year, I look across, I look outside and it's just, you know, it's so pretty, all the, the fall foliage and um, everything going on with the leaves and the changing of colors and, and the acorns are everywhere. And the acorn knows ultimately what it's going to be the moment it drops on the ground. That little acorn is going to be an oak tree. It's already inside here. That's the DNA that sits inside of that acorn. That acorn knows it's going to be a, an oak tree. And what does it have to do? It doesn't have to go find water or, or make sure. It just simply has to evolve into what it's going to be. Well, 2007, everybody borrows, everybody has an ability to pay. In my mind, it was done. This time, this time that has passed, has enabled us to, you know, uh, put the message out there to, to create um, energy and, and uh, ideation around this, this new thinking. But Passport, which is our acorn, um, it, it will exist. Everyone will have a, a, a financial passport, a financial identity that represents their true nature of ability to pay, ATP. And the way that that will be transferred with any lender downstream, not just mortgage. Mortgage is, is where we spend most of our time. But if you think about my ability to pay, that translates into any type of loan that I would do. My financial DNA, my financial identity, my passport, if you will, is my ticket to borrow. It's, but it's the, great, the great part about it is that we've worked in concert with so many different partners and so many different lenders 
who have all validated the concept, the data, and, and the transfer of information digitally and instantaneously in a measure that will allow this to permeate for borrowers. So the story is really about a borrower. It's really how do we create this better borrower experience such that the burden of getting a loan, which is really supposed to be this really fantastic, exciting thing, is fun again. And so how we've done that is literally using the latest and greatest technology to build that acorn. And we're using facial recognition to capture information about that borrower's identity and then trickling down that information to grab billions and billions of records to facilitate understanding your ability to pay. Uh, that's fascinating. That is, I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, the future. I think that uh, you're you're definitely onto something there. So to that end, I mean, let's just, you know, let's project out into the future here a bit. Let's say, you know, five years from now, you know, assuming that we can be in person at a, uh, a conference again, assume that for a second. Um, so we're at in, in a, a tech con an industry tech conference in, in five years. What are we talking about? What is the big thing that we're all talking about in, say, five years at, you know, a mortgage industry event? Well, I will say that I think that we're going to see a lot of blockchain. I think we're going to see a lot of crypto. And by crypto, I don't mean necessarily a currency. I think we're talking about, um, you know, just just in essence, the way that information is, is transferred. So crypto is, is digital and blockchain is immutable. And so we're going to have these, these paradigms that are being built, um, these large concentric warehouses of processes um, that are going to create uh, synchronicity from borrower to underwriting by virtue of, of chains. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that one particular company will do uh, the entire process. And that's the beauty of a blockchain is that what we see in, is, is that we are in essence creating a token or a block uh, on behalf of a consumer. So, so the Brent Chandler token will, will be stored in a blockchain that will be transferable and uh, uh, integratable with any downstream application for underwriting. That's LOSs, POSs, AUSs. So I think you're going to really democratize lending by providing borrowers with this type of technology where they're sitting in the control seat of their own data. And then they are interacting with, with their trusted uh, uh, lenders. And, um, and that relationship will actually strengthen. So by giving borrowers this, this financial passport, um, a lender becomes a trusted uh, relationship such that the borrower is empowered to provide the data and then work that process knowing precisely, hey, number one, it was really easy and fun to do. I hold up my face and do a facial recognition uh, and, and gather this information. Two, this trusted advisor, this trusted lender gave me this application to which I can truly see my ability to pay. And three, I cultivate a relationship that could potentially stay with me for a long period of time. So I could keep this passport indefinitely and perhaps even do other types of loans. Uh, so, so this is an ongoing 
uh, application that is going to live and breathe with that borrower. So that's a part of the future that I see. You know, this blockchain capability, you know, it, it's going to permeate our industry. It just makes sense. Once we have immutable data with the direct source information, um, we can actually depend on that data and mitigate the risk. Because I think that, that when we borrow, we present risk to a lender. So lenders need to understand the risk. If we can understand the risk, much like when you buy a stock, uh, you understand the risk of that stock. Well, I become that commodity. The borrower becomes that commodity and the risk transfer is totally understood. It's verified, validated all the time, every time. So real time nature of data, instantaneous access to this information and provision by the borrower back to, to the lenders. Um, I think that's going to be a major shift in our, in five years in how the industry operates. But the downstream underwriting is also going to be extremely streamlined. We're going to see cost reductions. We're going to see time reductions. And we're also going to see the GSEs. Um, and I don't want to speak to conservatorship or otherwise. I just simply mean the GSEs, which perform a very viable and, and meaningful service to, to our country and to lenders, um, their, 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 their processes are going to change. And we're going to see automation. Um, both in, in some of the stuff that we're leading with uh, and piloting, we're going to see the adoption of that. And we're going to see streamlined efficiencies. There's no reason we should be looking at paper, just none. You know? And so I think what we'll see in the next five years is a complete digital process. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the why. And you know, particularly on the uh, security side, you mentioned that, I think that uh, even just having the borrower have better access and, you know, in a sense, better responsibility for their own financial information and, uh, you know, sort of their own ability to repay instead of just kind of going to the lender and saying, here I am, I don't know anything about my financial picture. I mean, having them have better access and, and uh, um, knowledge and how their financial information works and how it is calculated into the ability to repay, I think that is going to make a huge difference in the borrower journey. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and I thank you uh, for seeing that. Uh, but it is, it, it is a shift. It's a shift, um, but I think it's, it's one that serves all. And so, you know, part of our agenda and, and our charter as, as a tech company um, is really to serve, is really to, to serve the borrowers uh, and the lenders with processes that can enhance their, their mutual interests. So, you know, lenders, lenders want to make more loans. Lenders want to do it safely. Borrowers want to buy homes. We get a loan to buy the home. You know, we, so it's, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy there. It's not necessarily, I really want to get a loan. <laughs> I can't wait to get a loan. No, I really can't wait to get a home and I need a loan to get the home. So there's this codependency, so to speak, um, if I didn't need a lender, I wouldn't use one, but I really do need one. So I want to work in that manner uh, to the best of my ability as a consumer. And if I can just pass you a token of my information that's already pre-understood, pre pre-approved, if you will, pre-validated, verified. And so FormFree goes to great lengths to ensure that the data is 100% accurate, 100. We have zero tolerance. We can't, as you can imagine. Uh, we've had trillions of dollars of loan verifications go through our pipes. 
um, it's incumbent upon us to ensure data accuracy, data fidelity, uh, and then of course we have to secure that with the utmost care. So, and we do that, and we're under extreme um, visibility and accountability and audits, and and we go to every measure and score very highly. We we do outscore our competitors. Um, we are a leading provider in the industry, uh, and with respect to verification of services and assets, employment and income, um, we we rank number one in many of those categories. So, we we take it very seriously to ensure that we have extremely safe, highly uh, quali qual uh, qualified and calculated information and dependable information. And uh, I think the industry speaks loudly with response to how we've done because our, our uh, we're seeing growth across the board and uh, we're very grateful for that, as I said earlier. Yeah, yeah, and I think to your, you know, to your point there, that you know, that uh, <laughs> the incentive structure is in the right place. I mean, if you, to your point, if your, you know, if your data is, you know, incomplete, if it's bad, if it's, you know, insecure, then, you know, not only does your relationship with the lender fail, but then the borrower relationship with their lender fails. And so, I mean, it is truly crucial. And I think to your point about the future of, of lending, the borrower has to have, and the lender has to obviously have that uh, that trust in the data. So I think you guys are certainly right to make that a, 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 a priority. Um, so we've got time for one more quick question here um, before we wrap up. Um, it's been a very busy year, uh, obviously in the industry with the uh, refinance boom, but um, it's been a very busy year on the advocacy front as well, both here in California at the California MBA and at the national level with the national MBA. Um, so from your perspective, you know, how important is it, um, uh, are those uh, advocacy efforts right now being made both at the federal and state level? Well, I'll tell you, um, without the effort that you and others uh, in the NBA puts in, uh, I don't think we see change. I think we see uh, backlog and, and uh, stagnation, really. Um, I think that, uh, Bob Brooksmith does a fantastic job, you know, leading his efforts and um, and like and as as similarly, you know, the CNBA and, and others uh, around the country, the voices have to be heard. Um, you know, the IMBs are a valued service to our country's lending, uh, our consumers. They're they're truly drivers of innovation of customer outreach and truly listening to the uh, to the borrowers plights and working with them hand in hand um, so much so that uh, I, I do think that the downstream borrowers are uh, are brought into lending because of of the efforts of the MBA so you know we we have a strong relationship uh, we continue to partner um, with you as well as with with the NBA, um, and we'll advocate for a lot of the changes and support. You know how can we, you know, help in these times of crisis even? So one of the things that we've done, you know, and and I worked with Bob on this uh, and some folks at FHFA, et cetera, but to to create incentive programs around eligibility for. Uh, applying for um, 
assistance. You know, whether it's a, a renter who's looking for uh, some assistance through uh, an eviction opportunity uh, possibility. I mean, so how do we how do we keep people in homes, and how do we keep people in their in their apartments in a time where there's so much that's not in their control? Um, how can we bridge gaps of uh, between you know federal programs and borrowers? And and I think MBA you know really creates a lot of bridges, a lot of uh, a lot of conversations that help create efficiencies, help create programs that might help sustain or or uh, provide assistance to those smaller IMBs who 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 needed some assistance. Um, you know, I think there's been, without the uh, the NBA efforts, um, I think things could have been extremely different. Uh, but but again, the advocacy and the messaging and the listening, and then a voice to the top, it's very important that we right. collaborate and work together in partnership. Yeah. Well, and in the end, I mean, it is truly all about the borrower. It's all about bringing or and expanding access and protecting access to affordable credit for borrowers. So, um, Brent, hey, thanks again for your time. Uh, this is a really good conversation. I think we could have talked uh, for quite a bit longer about uh, tech stuff in the future. This is really a fascinating topic for me, especially. So, thank you for your time. And uh, if anyone has any questions about Foreign Free, how can they get in touch with you guys? Yeah, we'd love to hear from you, first of all. Um, you know, and, and uh, as you can tell from this exchange, I like to talk. So uh, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can reach out to me personally, and I do spend a lot of time there and, and make an effort to respond to everybody if they have questions or they'd like to get involved. Um, also, uh, Form Free has a fabulous contact us page. You can learn more about who we are, who the great people are in our team. Uh, we just have some of the best in the industry as well. Uh, you can reach out there. So we'll always respond, and um, we'd look forward to hearing from you. All right. Well, hey, thanks again. And if you enjoyed the conversation, uh, make sure and subscribe to us here on our YouTube channel. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and uh, Apple Podcasts as well. And we'll be back again next Monday morning with an another episode of Connect. We'll see you then.